Well, howdy, Huda Thunkers. This is the host of the Huda Thunkin' podcast here, Zeb, coming at you with episode 126. Coming down to the wire, I just finished typing this up moments ago. Um, had a lot going on, and I have even more coming up. I cannot guarantee that I'll have an episode next week. I'm going to try. It might just be a short one. We'll see. But um, yeah, I'm going to be gone on vacation for quite some time. Anyway, this episode 126 is called MK Ultra. First, let's start with the recommendation segment where I recommend something that you check out um, that is unrelated to the main topic and title of the podcast. Just a little ditty. This week, I recommend something. It's like a stark contrast from the actual um, main event here. I recommend that you go to YouTube, search Shane Mc, Shane Gillis live in Austin. <clears throat> that is Shane S H A N E Gillis G I L L I S live in Austin. It's a forty-five minute and four second long video posted by Gilly and Keeves YouTube channel. It was released on September seventh of twenty twenty-one. It's on YouTube, so it's free. We can all see it. I don't know why it's free. It's amazing. It's one of the best stand-up routines I've ever seen. It's just a free stand-up show on YouTube with all my favorite topics to hear and in a comedy show politics family football racism drugs and making fun of his own culture rural pennsylvania pennsylvania white people um and all different kinds of things he 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 even does a bit which i think is not very i don't i don't think it's tasteless he actually did coach for the special olympics he's a comedian you can see where that can go where he's bullying he but i think he does a pretty good job of never never poking fun at the um the olympians just at his whole experience and it's very fun and you can tell he actually cared about the special olympians um so but but he makes it it's a very it's a very good stand-up show um so check it out and i don't think he ever was out of line i think he did very well and his 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 political comedy is great a little bit make fun of these people a little bit make fun of these people everyone gets to laugh i honestly think it's one of the great like the most tightly written comedy specials i've ever heard or seen so i was listening to that just while writing this podcast which was good i needed some laughs because this topic is dark to start this episode now for the main event here start this episode i want to take it back to the time of the cold war uh cue russian music i i cannot sing in russian but just think of the cold war it's you know the cold war u.s russia west versus east the uh, Cold War is a term commonly used to refer to a period of geo- geopolitical tension between the United States and the Soviet Union, now known as Russia, and their respective allies, the Western Bloc and the Eastern Bloc. We had a lot, much, much of Europe, Western Europe. We had uh, Australia on our side. Soviet Union had a lot of Soviet-aligned countries, and the map kind of looks the same today. Um, a little bit, a lot of places have gone toward on our side, the Western Bloc, but. But yeah, there's still ripples from the Cold War today. It began shortly after World War II and ended in the 1990s, uh, officially. And during this time, both nations were on edge, all the time constantly trying to find new ways to best their opponent. While the general public of the world was gripped with fear over the nuclear holocaust that was looming over their heads. I remember talking to my dad, um, depending on how old you are, talk to your parents, talk to, um, what was it, not Gen X, the baby boomers and Gen Xers. If they remember going to school and having nuclear bomb drills where they have to hide underneath their desks, not that that would do anything in a nuclear bomb, uh, but that's what they did. So, uh, but yeah, everyone, while the public was worried about nuclear bombs, tactics used by the two sides uh, were sometimes unorthodox and desperate, the two governments. 
Um, this is my episode on MK Ultra. You may have heard of it before. I know Joe Rogan's talked about it before in his podcast, uh, which makes you think, oh, it's conspiracy. No, I'm telling you, this happened. There's tons of evidence. We'll get into it. Early on in the Cold War, the United States Central Intelligence Agency, or the CIA, wanted to outdo the Soviets on a playing field that we typically think is reserved for science fiction, mind control. They started a secret program known as MKUltra on a massive scale. Psychiatric institutions across the U.S. and Canada were funded by the CIA on the taxpayer dollar to perform experiments aimed at the goal of developing mind control techniques. These experiments consisted of sensory deprivation, drugs, electroshock treatment, and other psychological techniques. All of these techniques can and are used to benefit psychiatric patients today. Yes, believe it or not. Electroshock treatment is used today. Um, I thought it was appalling at first, but through my work, I've spoken to many people throughout work and uh, patients, not just people, who swear it does wonders for them um, when no other form of treatment could help them. I used When I came to my job, I work in behavior health and through insurance. I saw about ECT, electroconvulsive treatment or therapy, and I thought, how barbaric. I don't want to be a part of this. Um, and I kept that idea, but I was like, well, it's a job. I'm going to keep collecting my paycheck. And then one day I talked to someone who called in a patient. She was a mother. She called in and she said that she wanted ECT, electroconvulsive therapy. And I said, oh, ECT. I didn't say anything else. I didn't want to make her feel judged, but I wanted to just sort of see if she talked a little bit more about it. And all I said, oh, ECT, I've heard of that. That's all I said. Uh, try to stay neutral. And she said, yes, it does wonders. No other treatment helps me. Um, she said a lot of people have a bad connotation about it, but when used properly, it, it can benefit, benefit the patient. So that is a thing, just in case you're wondering, electroshock therapy, it's called something different now, it's ECT, still happens today, and uh, patient testimonials say it works if done right. There's also pharmaceutical drugs. They, they benefit countless people, including myself. I take, I take medications. And sensory deprivation tanks are now marketed as a luxury spa treatment that even my fiance and I took part in during vacation once. So all these, um, these experiment, the experimentations that they use in MK Ultra, not all, but <laughs> a lot of them, sensory deprivation, drugs, electroshock, and a, a couple other psychological techniques are used today and can be beneficial. Um, so like I said, even sensory deprivation uses like a spa treatment. It's great. But all of these treatments are beneficial when used toward the goal of benefiting the patient when the goal is to further some other goal, such as weaponizing psychology to defeat a Cold War enemy, the patient rarely benefits. On the contrary, they often suffer. It is immoral, unethical, and highly illegal to deceive a patient or even a research participant involved in such experiments. Very illegal. By many different standards, entire institutions such as inter inst institutional review boards, IRBs, were constructed to avoid such heinous mistreatment of people, and that is just for research purposes, let alone mental health care regulations. So this is very illegal. It happened decades ago. I'm sure there weren't as many regulations back then, but there had this, this was illegal back then, back in uh, the Cold War era. Yet somehow the CIA was never has never been truly punished and never had to compensate victims or even publicly apologize for their misdeeds. In case you haven't noticed, I don't like the CIA. This is one of the reasons why. So let's get into it. Start from the beginning. When the Korean War, then known as the Korean Conflict, but it was a war, when the Korean War ended with a ceasefire in the summer of 1953, 
uh, I think technically it hasn't ended the war. It's still a ceasefire, but when it ended in 1953, American POWs, prisoners of war, were sent back home, but people noticed something was off about them. The POWs were all gung-ho communists now, preaching about the benefits of living in a communist country and the pitfalls of living in a capitalist one. The U.S. is a capitalist country, the Soviet Union a communist one. While their neighbors speculated, the U.S. government was convinced the POWs had been put through some sort of communist mind-controlled treatment while overseas. Terrified of being outdone in any form of strength by the Soviets, the U.S. government granted $25 million in funding to the CIA to create a U.S.-based form of mind control. Great. That sounds like a great idea. No, it doesn't. That's uh, $25 million in the 1950s, and that's roughly $300 million today. All this was given to a newly formed agency. The CIA had only been around, uh, only just been formed a few years earlier in 1947. So a brand new agency, given the power to do all kind of shady spy stuff, now is given a lot more money to try and create mind control. It it just screams like a bad idea. What does this, But I get it. We're in wartime. I don't get it entirely, but I do get that I don't get it. I've never been in the Cold War. I've never had nuclear war looming over my head like they did in the Cold War. So, I don't know. Maybe that made them go nuts. This doesn't excuse what they did, but it, it, it puts it in perspective. What did the CIA do with all this money and power? They got to work uh, poking, prodding, and destroying the lives of average citizens. Uh, under an enormous shroud of secrecy, they started psychiatric experiments on humans. Money was given to psychiatric hospitals, federal prisons, and even local pharmacies to distribute drugs unknowingly to the public directly. And not just drugs, also treatment. This was, um, all this was done without the participant or patient's awareness or consent. Like I said, crazily illegal, unheard of today, unthinkable to do any kind of experiment on a human today. You know, I've done research in college before. If you wanted to hand someone a survey, if you want to interact with a human at all in the name of research, even something you think is like, how could that even be a problem? Like handing a three question survey this you could hand someone a piece of paper just not even a paper just a note card just a little card that says hey could you answer this for me you don't have to put your name you don't have to do anything just write you know the question is let's say the question could be as benign as did you drink water today how many ounces did you drink approximately and do you feel you drink enough water that is a that sounds like a legitimate survey right you would have to go through the your institutional rev, review board you would have to go through all different things just because you are technically conducting research on humans just to get a, a, a card and they have to know that they're being researched you can't just get them to answer things without them knowing there are some studies where you do that they have to know that they're they're being questioned they have to sign all these documents and stuff where you can get people to, to do a test unknowingly because some research has to be done that way but that's even way more regulations you have to go through the fact that they did this without people's consent is so shady and so immoral and unethical the operation was known as MK Ultra. That's what all this shady stuff is. But that was broken up into smaller projects within MK Ultra. Let's talk about a couple. One of those projects was known as Operation Midnight Climax. And when I heard that name, without knowing what it was, I was like, hmm, that's a weird name. You'll understand why. Operation Midnight Climax was a string of safe houses all over North America, U.S. and Canada, that were set up so that prostitutes could lure the, these men back to the safe house apartments. Once inside, the men would be forced to ingest large amounts of LSD. Once dosed with the psychiatric or psychotropic drug, heavily dosed, 
The men were studied by CIA, CIA analysts, or anal, <laughs> analysts, often from behind a two-way mirror. Okay. So they had prostitutes, ladies of the night, picking up men who were looking for prostitutes, taking them back to an, a, their apartment or where they would, you know, normally do what prostitutes do. But this wasn't a normal apartment. This was a safe house. And hiding behind the walls and behind two-way mirrors were CIA analysts writing down how LSD affected the John. That's what they call men who hire prostitutes. Hmm. Doesn't sound like something the government should be doing. Doesn't sound like something anyone should be doing. But the government? My taxpayer... Not mine. I wasn't alive. But taxpayer dollars were funding this. Under MK Ultra, parties were thrown where LSD was distributed to party goers and were given music to listen to while being observed. Uh, but these CIA orchestrated parties became more commonplace, known as acid tests. These parties grew so popular and contributed, they think it contributed to the cultural phenomenon of the hippie movement that followed in the, the following decade, the 60s. So they think the CIA and their distribution of LSD, wide distribution of LSD, was what caused the hippie movement. <laughs> Something that was very anti-government. I will admit, <laughs> these first two projects that I talk about don't really sound all that bad. <laughs> Operation Midnight Climax was a free night with a prostitute and free LSD. And acid tests were, were sanctioned parties with good music and, again, free drugs, LSD. But not all the projects were so morally ambiguous. You could say that uh, the, the acid tests and the Operation Midnight Climax, definitely not moral but were the people involved really suffering? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe they're just having a good time with drugs and prostitutes. But anyway, it is morally ambiguous. Not all the projects were. Let's get to the worst one. Arguably, the worst project under MK Ultra umbrella was Subproject 68. The Allen Memorial Institute in Montreal, Canada, is where some of the most messed up stuff went down. Dr. Ewan Cameron, his first, so his name's Donald Ewan Cameron. Um, he treated, quote-unquote, treated patients who were suffering from postpartum depression, schizophrenia, and other serious mental illnesses. Dr. Ewan Cameron, Ewan Cameron used various drug cocktails and unorthodox techniques to treat these unsuspecting experiment participants. Lana Sauchuk, the daughter of a victim, recounts that her father went to Dr. Ewan Cameron in the, at the age of 27 in the physical peak of his life. His, her father was enjoyed athletics. He was big into canoeing, skiing, and all sorts of things. Great dude. Um, but he had asthma, and he wanted to treat that. He was told by healthcare professionals that Dr. Ewan Cameron, the Scottish-American doctor at Allen Memorial Hospital, could cure his asthma. So he's like, great. This guy can cure my asthma with some experimental stuff. Good to go. I'll be, I'll be back at, at sports in no time. Other family members of victims um, tell how their loved ones would go to a doctor seeking all sorts of treatment, including physical health. You know, my neck hurts. Um, I'm having trouble sleeping, stuff like that. They would be referred to Dr. Irwin Cameron, and he had a network of colleagues that would refer their patients to him. This ensured that Dr. Irwin Cameron had a steady flow of unknowing participants for his experiments at Allen Memorial Hospital. What did he do? Well, the doctor's goal was to revert his patients or participants back to an infantile state. He wanted to erase who they were psychologically. Um, and my autocorrect, my uh, my autocorrect here is saying psychological, the way the saying psychologically isn't a word, but I know that's not true. It is. Anyway, he wanted to revert. He wanted to revert these unknowing participants to an infantile state. He wanted to erase who they were 
wanted to raise their minds. He called it depatterning, which sounds less uh, less ominous than erasing them psychologically. If successful, the doctor would then try to rebuild their mind so that he could control them completely and remake the person as he saw fit. So the idea is wipe that mental slate clean and build a new person from the ground up to do whatever you want. Sounds like it would benefit the CIA, but it's that's really messed up. His favorite method for depatterning was psychic driving. Patients were put in an insulin-induced coma, sometimes for 36 days or longer. Wow, like over a month, they're in a coma on purpose. People who were suffering from asthma put into a, a month-long coma. While in the coma and while sleeping, after the coma and before, a tape recorder of a psychiatrist's lectures uh, and voice was played on a loop under the patient's pillow or next to their bed. Sometimes he re these recordings would say things like, your mother hates you, no one loves you, you do not have a home to go back to. All this was to sever the ties of the patient's past, their former life. That would be played on a loop four days at a time. You know, a million times this thing would be played over. You were being told in your sleep. Your subconscious is being told that no one loves you and your 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 own mother hates you. So, great. The Paige Russell, electro, Paige Russell electroshock therapy was also used for depatterning. Page Russell shock treatment is about 40 to 75 times the strength of shock treatment that is used today. That is 40 to 70 times, 75 times stronger than the shock treatment that actually benefits patients, like the ones I talk to with at work that say it worked for them. This is much stronger and very not okay. And here's here's what I talked about the electroshock before. Let me just give you an idea. I, I found a website, freedommag.org, that gave sort of like a timeline of electroshock therapy. And it's uh, freedommag.org says here, 1938, after observing pigs shocked into seizures and senselessness in a Rome slaughterhouse, Italian psychiatrist Ugo Sertelletti uh, uses the same method on a human being. After the first shock, his subject screams, not another one, it's deadly. Great. In 1940s, uh, the Nazis' euthanasia facilities, hundreds are killed with electroshock machines. So this, was, this stuff was used by the Nazis. 1943 to 1950, incarcerated in a series of psychiatric institutions, Frances Farmer receives ECT against her will. The gifted actress never regains her creative abilities and dies at 56. At the age of 26, Judy Garland undergoes ECT, not the kind that we give out today. This was much worse. Several suicide attempts followed. Her biographer, Gerald Frank, writes in Judy, she had no respect for psychiatrists. She had seen more than a dozen of them, and they had all failed her. 1954 to 1962, electroshock is used to torture prisoners of the French during the Algerian War. 1957, psychiatrist Ewan Cameron describes to the Second World Congress of Psychiatry what happens to those receiving ECT. Quote, there is complete amnesia for all events of his life. So that's the guy we're talking about here, MK Ultra's. Uh, own Dr. Ewan McGregor, Ewan Cameron. <laughs> I keep keep trying to think Ewan McGregor, uh, but no, Ewan Cameron, the 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 evil, <laughs> the very unethical psychiatrist, said, and in a congressional hearing, there is complete amnesia for all events of his life. In 1960 to 1961, Ernest Hemingway receives ECT at the Mayo Clinic under the supervision of psychiatrist Howard Rome. On July 2nd, 1961, not long after. 
Shortly after returning home, he kills himself with his favorite shotgun, but not before he had written, What is the sense of ruining my head and erasing my memory, which is my capital, and putting me out of business? It was a brilliant cure, but we lost the patient. The CIA's Kubark counterintelligence manual, based on Cameron's blank slate approach of regressing people to reprogram their minds, as Noemi Klein pointed out in The Shock Doctrine, Cameron's work apparently made a strong impression. Klein reported that the CIA in 1966 dispatched three psychiatrists to Vietnam with a Page Russell electroshock machine, the type Cameron favored his favorite kind of machine according to klein it was used to aggressively uh that it, used so aggressively that it killed several prisoners alfred McCoy, mccoy author of a question of torture noted in effect they were testing under field conditions whether ewan cameron's mcgill pet patterning techniques could actually alter human behavior so this was used in vietnam the algerian war against prisoners uh, famous writers. I, I wanted to put in about Ernest Hemingway and Judy Garland because famous writers, they can depict what it's like to have it done to them. And I thought Ernest Hemingway's um, note was the most screwed up thing here. It was a brilliant cure, but we lost the patient. So yeah, Paige Russell, Paige, Paige Russell electroshock was used as a torture device that caused seizures and erased a lot of who a person is. It's not the ECT of today. But Dr. Ewan Cameron was, discour was discouraged. Most of his patients were reported to still ask for loved ones, such as their wives or parents, after dozens of electroshock treatments. The idea was to erase all that from their minds. He wanted to make, he wanted a blank slate. He doesn't want someone coming out of it saying, where's my wife? When patients did still exhibit ties with their former lives, after the 30 plus days of insulin coma and dozens of electroshock torture sessions, the doctor would induce for another 30 plus day coma and more electroshock treatment. So just do it again. See if it works this time. Not even caring about what it's doing to them mentally. When these patients, or victims really, were finally released, their lives were ruined. Ruined. Loved ones reported complete change in personality. Once healthy and productive members of society were now unable to hold a job and seemed lifeless to hold a gaze with. Um, daughters, there was a daughter, I, I heard an interview of a daughter talking about her father who was that athletic guy who liked canoeing and skiing and he was he was great his daughter was the, was the apple of his eye when he came back from these treatments he was now overweight unable to hold a job the family went through poverty and he did not even recognize his own daughter who was like his whole life so that's what this was doing to people that's what mk ultra did to people a little light at the end of the tunnel here Here's my favorite part in the MKUltra story. MKUltra was shut down in 1973. John Marks, a whistleblower, a whistleblower, wrote a book called The Search for the Manchurian Candidate. His book exposed MKUltra and caused congressional hearings that shined a light on the program during the mid-70s. Through these hearings, the CIA did admit that MKUltra existed. On all that shroud of secrecy lifted, it officially happened in a congressional hearing the CIA uh, individuals admitted it exists. This is not conspiracy. It happened. And that is what, that was the, that they admitted it existed and it was unethical, but they just stated that they were innocent due to the time period. They said, well, it was a cold war. What did you have us do? So they said, yeah, we probably shouldn't have done it. And it did exist, but I mean, can you blame us slap on the wrist? They never got much punishment at all. 
Even though there were official congressional hearings and public awareness of the program, people did know about it, many victims, or for whatever reason, did not speak out. There was never any kind of lawsuit or anything. Likely due to shame, the vast majority of MKUltra victims took their suffering with them to the grave. Um, a lot of things on mental illness back then. People would, wouldn't even want to admit that they're going to see a therapist. Um, there's, there is still stigma today about mental health, but not nearly as, as severe as it was back in the 50s, 60s, and even 70s. So people didn't talk about it at all, let alone being completely erased as a people, as, as their mental capacity. So likely due to shame, the vast majority of MKUltras um, took their suffering to the grave. Decades later, with no compensation or even an apology, the children and grandchildren of MKUltra victims are demanding to be acknowledged. A class action lawsuit now has been filed. Um, and that made some, quite a lot of headlines, which is good. Uh, whether they win or not, it's now on the books that, hey, you did this, you admitted it happened, but now we need you to fess up that, that it was messed up. I don't know if I need the CIA to pay a lot of money. That's just law. <laughs> That's just taxpayer money. But it's good to have it give, come back to us. Although there was an official hearing and now public outcry, much of MKUltra's findings and reach of what it did to our world is unknown. Most of the evidence against Dr. Ewan Cameron and others working for the CIA under, under MKUltra has has been destroyed. Evidence has been destroyed um, to, to hide what they did or we don't know. It's destroyed. So that opens a lot of opens it up to speculation. We now know that the victims about the victims and what they went through. Um, but we have no idea the larger impact this played on our world. What did the CIA do with their findings? What did maybe the, I don't know. Many have speculated on the applications of MKUltra, what they might have been. Many TV series, movies and books have been inspired by MKUltra, such as Stranger Things. The Manchurian Candidate. Um, there's a book about it, like I mentioned earlier, but there's also a movie starring Denzel Washington. The a movie, the movie American Ultra, starring uh, Jesse Eisen. What's uh, whatever? He not. It wasn't that great of a movie, but basically a guy is given telepathy uh, through the uh, the CIA. There's also Conspiracy Theory, starring Mel Gibson and Julia Roberts. So a lot of people have put put to mind what MK Ultra has done to our world, but we don't officially know. We like to think that it is impossible for such a project to happen today. There are all sorts of hoops and regulations that a researcher has to get through to conduct anything on human beings. Like I said, even a paper survey, even something as as benign as a, as a paper survey. But this was done by a government agency, one that was well-funded and given the power to keep people quiet, to operate under Big Brother's protection, Big Brother the government. Who knows what tactics came out of MKUltra? Perhaps there is a Manchurian candidate out there somewhere brainwashed to do the government's bidding to a, a politician or a CIA operative. Who knows? I don't mean to cause panic in people or spread conspiracy theories, but that's not what this is. MKUltra is not a conspiracy theory. MKUltra actually happened. There were congressional hearings and loads of evidence. The government infiltrated the healthcare system and tried to brainwash people under the guise of curing their asthma or sore neck. People's trusted family doctors were in on this. Could you imagine going to your doctor saying, hey doc, I've got high blood pressure. What do we do about this? And they say, well, you could take a pill. We could, you know, change your diet, but I'm act there's actually a guy you might want to hear from. He's, um, he's just across town. Go see him. Um, and, uh, see, he might be able to help you out with a, with a new treatment. You find out that your doctor was getting paid 
by this experimental guy and the experimental guy tries to erase you mentally you come back as a completely different person and no one does a damn thing about it until decades after you're dead that's what happened this sounds like something you would hear on the joe rogan podcast but not when he's talking about legitimate stuff it sounds like something you'd be talking with duncan trussell over a blunt and just a tinfoil hat guy on his show this sounds like something made up but it is not this happened mk ultra happened so oh my gosh a dark one that's why that's why i recommend you check out shane gillis's comedy stand-up on on youtube it's free it's hilarious one of the greatest ones i've ever seen but stay safe out there hootathunkers until next week <laughs>